Hello, good evening, and welcome to The Game is About Glory. My name is Steph, and joining me tonight are Ricky, Gareth, and Milo. Hello, chaps. Good evening. Hi, Steph. How are you? Well, we're recording this live on Monday night. The time is uh, 10 to 11 p.m. GMT. Uh, it's the final minutes of the transfer window. Um, look, it's a transfer special. You might have figured that out. We're going to take a more detailed look and discussion into all the January business in next week's episode. In next week's episode. But this is a quick look at what has happened this month and our initial impressions. Let me kick this off with a list of outgoing players. Tangy and Dombele, Leon on loan for 1.2 million quid with an option to buy at 54 million pounds. Giovanni Lo Celso, loan to Villarreal with an option to buy. Deli Alley, well, the clock is ticking down. It says that he's moved to Everton. We cannot be sure. It's not been confirmed, but we see that it is initially on a free transfer. 10 million is due when he plays 20 games. Further add-ons could take the eventual fee to 40 million pounds based on appearances and performance. Brian Hill is on loan to Valencia until the end of the season. Dylan Markenday, of course, joined Blackburn Rovers for 500 grand uh, a couple of weeks ago and suffered that unfortunate injury on his debut, which has put him, put him out for the season. Good luck to you, Dylan. Jack Clark has joined Sunderland on loan for the rest of the season, joining up with ex-Spurs Alex Pritchard and Dennis Serkin. Niall John has joined Charlton on loan until the end of the season, where he'll be managed by Spurs old boy Johnny Jackson. Kiana Tete has joined Cheltenham on loan until the end of the season. And now let's get to the incomings. A short list, but one of quality. Incomings are Dejan Kulisevsky. It's an 18-month loan with an obligation to buy if certain criteria are met. We've paid 8.3 million quid in a loan fee, 2.5 this season and 5.8 for next, and would pay another 29.2 million to make the move permanent. The transfer fee would be payable over five years. The other incoming, Rodrigo Bentenka, 15.86 million transfer fee payable over three financial years and a further 5 million due in potential add-ons. And before we get to the meat of talking about all this caper, it isn't Spurs related, but how wonderful to see Christian Eriksen join Brentford on a deal until the end of the season today. Uh, we all want to wish him the best and I know that we all cannot wait to see him play football again. Christian, just make sure you don't clear the first man from set pieces when you play against us. Um, chaps, uh, initial reactions uh, to to that laundry list of stuff, which is very heavily weighted with out, a lot of outgoings to in incomings. So let's have it. We're live and direct. Interrupt each other. Come on. Um, so... I, I think my my initial impression of the window is that it's been quite a good window. We've moved on a lot of players who um, the manager didn't want and struggled to play within his system. Um, I think the story of the window is that we needed to move players on before we could bring people in and that the players we've seen come in are in the positions where we've let players go. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, I think I'm pretty happy with it on the whole. Uh, the only one I'd question really is around Brian um, going back to Spain. I would have preferred a Premier League move for him, um, but I suppose it's probably the priority just to have him playing football at the moment. And he wasn't going to get that with us with Kulu coming in. Yeah, from from me, we've made the squad look lean. I think Milo said it there. If if you look at the composition of the squad now, you've got players who can fulfil the positions and the specific duties that that Conte wants. So that's got to be a good thing. There's what um, eighteen league games left, and hopefully a few more cup games. It's, it's very much around getting the best out of this squad for the end of the season. Right wing back was the one area I think we we desperately needed. Um, an upgrade in but I, I'm, I'm guessing there just wasn't that upgrade available and the last thing we wanted to do was buy someone for the sake of it who one or two windows down the line we're, we're trying to get rid of again yeah I think it looks like um, I mean 
uh, Conte's given his views and it looks like we've listened to them. There's certain people he definitely doesn't want around and we've managed to get rid of them and we've not messed around doing that. So the outgoings are as important as the incomings. Um, and it looks like he's got two players that he'll be pleased with. I think the bottom, not that we all know a lot about them, but they certainly look like they're, um, to use a crew term of grafters, I think they definitely fill into, uh, fit into that bracket along with the other players that remain. So hopefully that's enough balance to see us through the 18 games that we've got to play. Yeah, my overview, initial thoughts when I looked at that list that I just read out actually um, were, and, 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 you know, bear with me for a second. I was listening to a Hugo Lloris interview about our disgraceful uh, exit from the Europa League a year ago, uh, the 3-0 defeat in in Hungary. And he talked very much about how important it was to always want to play and always be ready to play, um, making very, very uh, immediate accusations that our squad were not all on the same page and when i look at what we've done uh in in january what i now see is a squad that the manager can trust every player that is in that squad is going to be trustworthy to the manager and i think that has to be the single most important ingredient for the next few months if we are going to make the champions league and continue rebuilding and i've got very emotional in this window as you know i mean i flapped my my handbag and you know the, uh, around when we didn't get diaz i thought it was horrifically handled having said that it's really important that we get that we got this right in terms of outgoings and squad balance and blend and the chemistry looks like it's where it needs to be for this manager so in that sense successful window yeah i mean i think they look like system players to me so conte isn't a manager who needs stars in every position particularly not in the center of the pitch and what we've seen is the players that are going out are individuals um, and struggle to adapt to what Conte wants. Conte wants his central midfielders particularly to be very, very strict in their positioning. So they've got set moves, yep. but also when they're doing that, they're not, um, they're not, uh, defensively vulnerable. They're not weak defensively when they, when they're going through those motions. And what we've seen is the players who are more prone to, uh, defensive weakness are, are moving on. And we've got system players coming in who are far better fit for him. And I think, you know, Ricky's touched on it already. Um, we've, it gives us with, you know, apart from up front, it gives us two players for every position, which is, not, you know, not too bad a position to be in. Yeah. I mean, I think just to, just to chip in for a second on that, uh, I, I, completely agree with what you said system players and this is once again harks back to what we were talking about in the last pod which is as a fan base we need to understand and i you know i need to understand too as attractive and brilliant a player as diaz is if he's not essential to what we need at this time in the squad and there are other needs that are more important then it is important that we address those first and foremost and i also think it was uh you know a very big indicator that we've that we didn't go for triori in the that we decided that the players that we do have are at least prepared to put in a shift. And I think it's very, very important that we did not sign some of these players. Um, I mean, looking at, looking at the balance, I mean, as I say, we're sort of five weeks, five months to the end of the season. And I think if you look at it just from the midfielders and the forwards point of view, you've got Winks, Hoiberg, Skippy and Bentacars coming as four. And then up front, we've got Mora, Sunny, Kane and Bergwin. And then Kuliseski is the one that can flip between the front four or the back four, depending on what injuries we've got. And depending on how many injuries we've got in each of those positions will probably dictate whether we play 3-4-3 or 3-5-2. Um, I'm slightly worried that it seemed that we wanted a right wing back. It seemed that we wanted a left centre back and we haven't really done that. But maybe, maybe you know, it's, as I say, it's a five month window. It's a five month um, till the end of the season. And maybe we just have to kick some of that down the road into the summer. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a January transfer window. You're not going to get six in and six out in January. You, you might do it a push in the summer. So, yes, whilst I could say we could have got a better backup goalkeeper, we could have got a better left-sided centre-half, um, we could have got a backup to Kane and we could have got a right-sided midfielder. So we've got a good central midfielder in there um, and to have got Kulisevsky in there to support the attack, I think it's a decent window. Um, I think... You, as fans, we can be a little bit reactive to what happens in the window and the fact that nothing happened for the first 29 days is suddenly overturned by the fact we've had two brand new toys arrive on our doorstep um, on the final day. There are greater things to it. There are greater things to address um, about this transfer window and the way that we went about it and the way that we handle things media wise. And we will be getting into that uh, next week. But let us just look at the very simple binary question. Does it leave us stronger, weaker or about the same? Um, I think it leaves us stronger. But it, and I can I can do that in comparison to the other clubs. I mean, we've got ourselves into a great position to try and finish fourth and uh I mean, everyone's moaned about, oh, we won't sign anyone, but I don't really think, I don't think Man United and West Ham and Arsenal have signed anyone, have they? So. Um, I've, I've got a list of those if you want them. So Arsenal have signed, uh, Austin Trusty from Colorado Rabbit, Rabbit, uh, Rapids, who joins in July. Leicester have signed no one. Manchester United have signed no one. West Ham have signed no one. Wolves, if we're counting those as a rival for a, you know, top four place, um, have signed four players, one of which doesn't join till July. Um, Heo, um, Kawabi has joined from Zurich for undisclosed fee. Chiquino has joined, joined for three million and Sangbin. Uh, it's joined for one million. So okay, I mean, mm. let's let's forget about those other clubs for a moment. It's our transfer window, and again, are we stronger or weaker as a squad? We've had a lot of outgoings. We've only had two incomings. Do we think we are stronger as a squad or weaker going into this Champions League battle that we are going to be getting into? Uh, I think we're stronger. I think we look more like a Conte Conte side now, and. Well, you know, we have two players for every position on the pitch, apart from centre forward. Um, he wants a. We haven't got a lot of games left. He wants a tight um, set of players to work with, and the players that we brought in fit him. So I think we're stronger. Yeah, I think we're stronger as well. I think, think Milo, you made the point on our WhatsApp group that losing um, Delhi, the Celsona and Dombele doesn't really mean anything because they were totally out of the picture anyway. So the fact that we've got two players to come in, you know, does almost by default mean that we're stronger totally regardless of the players that have, that have gone out. But yeah, I, I think this looks like a Conte squad now. I, th- I think he's got strength and depth in most positions, if not all of them. And I think that yeah, it is important. It is relative to, to, to the other teams. I, I think this sort of mini half season that we've got now of 18 games, we're, we're better equipped to deal with that than, than we were beforehand. Yeah, I mean, I think that point on the outgoing players, between the three of them, so assuming that Delhi does leave, they've started three league games under Conte in total, and none of them have lasted the 90 minutes when they've played. And this is where, again, I think when we have this initial snap reaction, as we are having right now amongst us to the window, it is very important to separate our overall emotional reactions to both the players leaving and the way they play their football, the styles they have versus what we are doing system-wise, who our manager is and what we need going into the run-in. And again, we'll get into the emotional side of this next week. Uh, but I think it's pretty, un- I think it's pretty unquestionable that right now, 
Antonio Conte will be satisfied with the business done, if only because he has that collective dressing room we talked about earlier. And in Kulisevsky, he's got a very versatile attacking player who can play several positions. And with Bentoncourt, he can afford now to actually not flog the likes of Pierre uh, to death uh, and, and, and have a little, a little respite there. So, you know, it, it's important that we review it through that lens. This it's important we view this lens. It's important we view this window through this lens. This is what happens live. You twist your own tongue. This is what happens, people. <laughs> the excitement of the window. Anyone else want to come in on this? And final thoughts. Let's keep it tight. We're keeping it tight. Let's keep it tight. It's three minutes past eleven. All the business has been done. All the business has been done. The transfer window is slammed shut. Um, still no word on Delhi. But um, I mean, yeah, maybe they've just got to change the ink on the fax machine or something. Yeah. And this goes back to my, uh, you know, question about whether they still actually somewhere use a fax machine. Of course, they they can't, can they? But it would be so poetic if they did. Um, oh, it's hard. I, look, I'll be completely honest. It's really hard for me to talk about Delhi leaving and be so rational and and straightforward. It, it, it it's killing me. Um, and if we weren't on this time limit and we weren't going to be getting into this next week, I'd be waxing lyrical right now, um, which should tell you everything. But um, as long I, as Antonio's happy, I think you've got a little I'm happy. I think you've got a little bit of time to say that it's not how we wanted it to end and um no. it's it's uh, you know it's a shame isn't it but i think it's probably best for all parties he he needs a fresh start he needs to, he needs to um he needs games and he's not going to get any you know either of that with us so it's probably best for all parties uh, you know and he tried very very hard to adapt to to for, to nuno for nuno and i'm not quite sure what happened with antonio but he certainly had a very promising game against liverpool but it's all past tense uh you know of all the the players outgoing um that is the one that really personally hurts me the most because i loved him i love the man and I, I i think you know he's provided some of our best best moments over over the years um mm. but so be it as you said milo hopefully he can get his career back online and we will continue to remember him for the great player and that he was for us and the great things he did so good luck to you delhi can i just say a couple of bit quick points about the kind of profile of the two players were coming in so mentally um kulu um you know moved to italy to join Atalanta at quite a young age, I think he was 15. Um, and, you know, obviously went from there, went out on loan and then later on joined Juve and was very successful at Juve to begin with. It's only really since Allegri came in and Allegri playing, you know, four four two where he doesn't quite fit in the system so much that he's fallen out of favour. So I think we've snapped up a, you know, a, a tough, you know, mentally tough player there who's, uh, who's, you know, brave and prepared to take on a challenge. Um, and I, my understanding is that he you know, studies the game quite a lot. He's, you know, very, uh, you know, likes to watch videos of himself and other players and analyze those. So I think there's a lot of stuff there that you think Conte is going to like. And I know that Conte tried to sign him when he left Atalanta. So that feels like a good fit. And then on, uh, Benton Kerr, um, you know, he was at, he was at Boca Juniors. Um, he was very successful there, went from there to Juve again. You know, this is a 24 year old with a wealth of experience. Um, and, you know, he's useful, used to playing in big games and, and winning them. So I think, you know, we've got two real, real talents there. It's quite, it's quite exciting, I think. I think another significant piece of information to come out in the last 24 hours, to my eye anyway, was Antonio Conte blocked loan moves for Harvey White. Uh, found that quite significant, actually. And I mean, are we going to see what I well, assume that that means White is going to be a part of, of the first team squads, match day squads going forward? Um, and it also shows that, you know, it kind of busts the myth that. Conti's not interested in youth. Um, you know, he certainly is looking around. If he's decided to block that loan, this is a player you've got to believe he's going to use. And the other 
probably big victory for us in this window in terms of departures is not, you know not letting go Stephen Bergwijn. I mean, Leicester aside, it's uh, you know the, the the wonderful things he did there and endeared us all to him once more. You know, Ajax came in pretty pretty hard by the by the end of it, and uh, you would suspect that there was some severe resistance from Antonio and some insistence that he did not go, and so I'm glad that he didn't go. Glad the manager got what he wanted. Mm. I mean, he's been talking very po- he's been talking very positively about him for. Um, for quite a few weeks, hasn't he? And saying yep. um, how much he likes him. So I, th- I think um, he'd make it pretty clear. And I think it's hard to believe that he would have been any less clear with um, with his director of football and uh, and his chairman. But you can't be sure because um, the dirty yeah. whispers I, 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 persisted, I, I, didn't they? And they persisted right up until the last couple of hours. And that was either nefarious media and, and, and agents I, or it was something yeah, that was I, really on the table till the end. I'm just glad we resisted and yeah. gave him what he wanted. Yeah, I mean, I... I I would have been amazed if he'd been if he'd been sold on on Harvey White briefly. I, I think he's there as squad filler, you know, as uh, making up the numbers. I don't expect him to get many minutes unless we get some serious injury problems. I think you always have to have that insurance policy because I mean we're hoping for yeah. like a bit of luck with injuries and a fair wind, and it will just carry us through to May. But you never know how far down that list you have to go in case you know we have a we have a, a an injury crisis like when Mourinho was there that season. Let's fingers crossed, not boys. Yeah, I think with the case with Bergwin, we were playing quite a pragmatic. We were playing quite a pragmatic game again, and maybe there was always an idea that had the right offer come in for Bergwin at a point when we had identified a player that we wanted to bring in, who was an upgrade on him. We probably would have done that. So um, maybe it's one of those sliding doors moments. He scored that those goals against Leicester when he did, and that made a difference. But so I think ultimately we knew we had to get players out the door, and we were courting them out to see who they came in for. Perhaps if no one had come in for Lacelso and Ndombele and possibly Delhi, but the only actually concrete offer we'd have had was Bergwin and that was going to be the difference between us getting the players in that we had, then maybe he would have gone. And I, I think it's a it's it's um it's a three dimensional chess game bringing players in and out that you you have to be open minded and you have to have a list of players that you're prepared to to sell if that involves you you, you bringing other ones in. I mean as it's worked out, I think probably the balance of the squad looks better for the ones that that have gone as a result but I, I think the same thing will exist with Bergwin in the summer you know unless something incredible happens towards the end of the season I think he will be available but, should the right deal come in right and we cannot reiterate this enough to to our listeners and I think for supporters in general it is very very important to look at this uh, this window as the short term window it is um, and the importance of addressing immediate concerns of our manager uh, the bonuses in Kulisewski we've got a player who you know he is a long-term signing and he could very well be one so it's it, so that's a that's actually a double positive if you want to be very optimistic but it is important that we keep our emotions in check I mean you know the names being thrown around uh were, were somewhat insane I mean right up to the end we're hearing Carrasco and so on and so forth but again for everyone when you look at this and evaluate in the cold light of day ask yourself these two questions does Antonio Conte have a more united dressing room and squad does Antonio Conte have uh, more players that he can use for the system of football he wants to employ to get us into the Champions League and I think we are unequivocally saying that on that basis alone he does on both counts would that be right gents yep I agree yeah okay well it's live, it's direct, it's 10 past 11, so uh, unless we were going to edge into the, ter- the territory of opinions and you know waxing lyrical about how we deal with the transfer windows and so on, which we are not, we have reached the end of the podcast. There you go. Our immediate take on the window is yours to enjoy and listen to. Thank you very much, chaps. 
Just Steph. Just Steph. And with that, he's just dropped off the call. So I'll just wrap up by saying you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. So give us a follow and say hello. If you like the pod, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. We'll be back later on this week um, to talk about Spurs in the noughties, which we recorded earlier on this evening. So we're a bit hoarse from a a night of uh, heavy podding. As always, thanks for joining us and we'll see you again next week.